Hello, my friends, and welcome back to another episode of the Gun Show podcast presented by MTD CNC. Uh, today, I get the great pleasure to talk with a lovely person by the name of Amanda Bacon. Yes, that is the awesome last name, and it's spelled a bit differently than what many of you like to eat um, or possibly do in the kitchen, B-A-K-U-N. But Amanda is quite amazing in the sense that she's done marketing for quite a while now and has actually a master's of science in marketing research. So as you guys know on this show, everyone who listens, what we're trying to do is really create an awareness that people can go to a trade school and have a, an incredible return on investment without being in debt and, you know, $100,000 in debt or 80000 in debt. We're really going, hey, you can go to trade schools. There's jobs. You're going to, you know, you're going to have a job before you even get out of school, most likely, in most of these trade schools. We want people to be equally as proud of the people who build the airplanes and the cars as the people who fly them and our parents and friends who drive them. Um, everyone that you stare at in the TV, on the TV, in the movies, who do you think builds those sets? It is the engineers and manufacturers doing that as well. And we want to be equally as proud of all of these amazing people. So what we want to do is bring these machines to life, these people to life. And all of you guys who work in this field also realize we have a lot of introverted, brilliant uh, engineers. So it's possibly part of my job to squeeze some information out of these introverted people because their their minds and their passion and compassion are all uh, worth valuing as well and, and not just the engineering that they're doing. Amanda Bacon, welcome to the podcast. It's so lovely to have you. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So if you wouldn't mind sharing a bit of your story, possibly you could start at your upbringing, where you grew up, what inspired you to uh, go into marketing. Um, looks like you have a uh, master's of a business administration as well. So you're a lot smarter than I am. I think the audience will like listening to you more than me. So please share away. <laughs> so I actually grew up in Metro Detroit, in Michigan. Um, and my dad is in manufacturing. So he's been a VP at a carbide tool company um, since he was 18 years old. Obviously, he didn't start as VP. He worked his way up. But that kind of initially sparked my love for the manufacturing industry. Um, once I graduated from high school, I decided I really enjoyed marketing and working on that side of the sales process. And I got my bachelor's degree from Grand Valley State University in marketing and finance, and then my master's degree and MBA from Walsh College in Michigan. And then after, you know, um, the 2008 recession, and everything kind of started going a little haywire. Uh, the manufacturing and marketing industries really started to change. Um, so when that happened, I realized that I needed to continue to, continue to evolve myself. Uh, and I got my master's of science in marketing research to help me, I guess, jump into the digital side of things and the digital side of marketing, because I really saw that was where the industry was going. It's a yeah, I think that's a valid point that you were able to see that maybe ahead of some others, maybe after some others, but it's certainly before my my realization. Um, so kind of explain what you saw, uh, especially in like the engineering manufacturing world where you maybe 
saw a gap where something could be filled with some of the analytics and the studies that you had as a, you know, having a degree of master's of science um, in this field, what did you see that maybe others didn't see at that time? Yeah, so working, you know, uh, working in the manufacturing industry and working with engineers and people on the production floor, uh, I realized that the people we were working with and talking to were getting younger and younger. Um, and when you're working with those people, how do they get information? And the thing that I saw is all of those people are going to Google. Uh, they're going to Google, they're searching something because that's just what they grew up doing. So I realized that in order to really place yourself in the manufacturing landscape, you had to get smart on how to position yourself digitally, um, be it on Google or some of you know, the databases that exist online so that you're easy to find. And then when those buyers, engineers, prospects do find you, that they get a good impression right off the bat, you know? I see a lot of companies in our industry that are kind of stuck in, this is our old website, this is how we do it, we're not going to put a lot of time or effort into it, but that really is the first picture that, you know, a prospective client gets of your organization, and if your website is broken or out of date, um, it's going to be tough for them to connect you with the best quality manufacturing product that you're producing. Um, you really want your product and your quality to shine through in your website. So I think, you know, we're starting to gear away from that and realize more of the importance to the digital presence. I, I agree with you. Um, and I feel like a lot of times I'm shouting at walls or the, you know, the other voices in my head, but hearing you say it as well, um, helps me feel more justified in the loudness at which I speak sometimes. Um, so based on what we're describing, and from my perspective, you can tell me I'm wrong if you wish. From my perspective, what happens is that everyone's going to Google now, right? So you go to Google. Typically what happens after that point, sometimes websites pop up, but that's typically if someone's searching for a specific brand when most of the time it's generic. So that's why we say Google instead of Bing, right? So we have a, a generic search, which then most times, and correct me if I'm wrong, will bring up some sort of data that's been processed. A lot of times now that's going to be YouTube or LinkedIn, um, what it used to be and sometimes still can be are digital articles or PDFs or something like that. People will then go to these, these sites, uh, a lot of videos these days, um, do their research six, seven, eight, nine times on the same company. Then when they're done doing that, they go to the website of that company that they're interested in. And if that website is rubbish, it's kind of a turnoff. And if it's good, then they make that phone call or shoot that email and go, okay, I want to know more, but they kind of already know the questions and the answers of what they expect to hear. So it's very important that we are all authentic when we convey the messages we're trying to convey. Do you find that process to be the same? Yes, so video is crucial in today's industry. I don't know how many people know this, but YouTube videos actually score really well on Google in terms of search. So search engine optimization is how you are found on Google. Um, and videos do really well off YouTube because YouTube or Google owns YouTube. So definitely use that digital content. There's so many statistics out there that show that, you know, people are much more likely to watch videos and actually watch them longer. So take advantage of that opportunity. And 
I hear a bunch of people, um, they're worried about, you know, professionalism and looking professional and don't get me wrong, that's important, but it's also getting the information out there and being your authentic self. Um, people want to work with people they like. Um, people want to work with people they have a good relationship with, and it's really humanizing the industry. So that's crucial. In terms of the website itself, uh, yeah, broken links. If you are Googling something, you're looking for a place to camp, for instance. If you Google a place and you go to the website and it's outdated and the links are broken, you're going to think that place is out of business or not run very well. Um, you know, make that association in, in your business too. You've got to present yourself in a good way and that will also help your website score better in Google search. So you want to use those keywords, make sure you end up ranking high so that when people are looking for your specific specialty, they find you. I think you've you've done very well at throwing some little nibbles out there for people to go, oh, that's right. Google and, Fa and YouTube do work together and YouTube doesn't work quite as well on a Facebook. Okay, I see how this is working. Are there any other little tips and tricks without giving away your secrets? Because we obviously, we obviously want to promote what you do, who you are, the company you're with and all that good stuff as well. But there, are there any other little, little tidbits where you go, eh, that's, I should probably be doing that. I should probably be using hashtags or my hyperlink should probably go to the right page. You know, what, what else would you advise for some of the people in our industry? Definitely. So get on LinkedIn, um, be on LinkedIn, be active on there. And, you know, it's not about making a hard sell. Um, you don't have to con continuously sell things on your social media. Um, marketing and I would, I would wager sales are really like a long-term game. So you might not see the returns on these things right away, but put yourselves out there, make sure you're, you know, promoting your brand and what your brand stands for and really have conversations in your community, position yourself as an expert in your fields. And that will pay off because when people need you, they'll know exactly who to come to for things. I agree with you again. Hard to believe. I know, but I agree with you again. And, uh, what we do at MTD a lot is, is customer testimonials. And customers um, don't really have an agenda, right? They just want to have success. And if they share that success, then what they're doing is uh, simultaneously placing someone on that pedestal. And we're constantly recognizing that company for their success, whether it be for uh, service and support, whether it be for their sales team, whether it be for um, you know when a machine or a tooling project came up, whatever it might be, or it could just be their successes, right? The cycle times being dropped and, and making more money and that kind of thing. So whatever that testimonial is, for the most part, it comes from a place of I have success and I would like to share that success um, so that other people can as well. And a lot of times, psychologically, whether we like it or not, if a salesman from a company comes to us, we automatically think that it's agenda driven, whether we mean to or not, and whether they mean to or not. But in doing so, uh, with these testimonials, to your point, with videos and, and placing people on pedestals, I think it does a really good job of uh, kind of conveying the message that you want to convey from a point of view that's like Switzerland is with the world, right? Right. Yeah. Word of mouth advertising is by far one of the best things that you can do because if someone tells you they love a product, you're much more likely to be like, oh, okay, I'll look into it. Like you said, rather than a salesperson who you know is coming to you to sell something. So I know that 
word of mouth advertising, customer testimonials are a little more challenging to get in the manufacturing industry because of non-disclosure agreements. But <laughs> you can work with a customer like from the get-go or you know, really establish that relationship and show the benefit to both sides. Hey, we don't have to give away all of your trade secrets. We don't have to tell everyone exactly what you're doing but let's put something together that's beneficial for both of us. And, you know, we'll really promote both sides of the coin here. Um, customer, we're going to show all these amazing things you're doing. We're going to show your, your customers that you're in the top of the line technology, you know, quality is important to you. Efficiency is important to you. And we're going to show our potential customers how we can help them achieve those things. So testimonials are great, I think, on both sides if you can work that relationship. Wow, so much wisdom coming out of you. I, I, I agree with you. Um, so what do you think about trade shows in general? Uh, are we going to go back to that? Are they outdated? What are we, what are we doing there? What, what are your thoughts? So I love trade shows. <laughs> um, selfishly and, you know, as a marketer, trade shows are so exciting and they're fun. Um, so I really do, I think that trade shows will always have a place um, with the digitalization of the industry. I think, you know, a lot of people are afraid that we're going to get rid of what things were like, we did these things forever and we're not going to do them anymore. Um, that's not true. I think everything has its place and everything has, you know, the appropriate channel and promotion. I think trade shows will always be a thing because that face-to-face -face interaction and connection that you get with customers and potential customers just can't really be beat. That being said, I think that things are gonna have to change with the way we do trade shows. Um, I think we have to really be more targeted in how we are presenting ourselves at trade shows, maybe not doing the million, multi-million dollar booths anymore uh, focusing on really showcasing the highlights of things, doing them cost effectively, and then actively working to make those connections with your customers. So instead of just going to a trade show and hoping that people show up, proactively reach out, try and set appointments to get people there. Granted, things might get lost, people might get busy during the show, but you're on their schedule. That makes it so you're on their schedule. They already have it in their sites that they're going to come see you. Really work to make those connections early before the show and get the most out of your show opportunity. Uh, two things. One is for those of you who are listening, uh, Amanda is on an Air Force base. So that noise is not a bad signal. Uh, Amanda's husband is uh, in the Air Force. So yeah. I hope that that airplane in the background didn't distract you guys from all of that incredible information that Amanda just shared with us um, about, about trade shows in general. Sorry, go ahead. The sound of freedom as they around here. Right in the middle of the desert in California, I believe. <laughs> Coming to you live from the desert. Okay, so I wanted to, <laughs> I was actually thinking of a story while you were sharing that, that information about trade shows two years ago. Um, if we would have had this conversation and you would have said, I love trade shows, I would have probably had a hard stop and said, I don't. Oh, my gosh. You can't, because the company I was with at that time, we must have done uh, 15 or more a year and we set up our own booths. And, you know, it, it's not as it wasn't as difficult as some of the machine dealers that are there a week or two or three ahead of time. But it was difficult enough that there was a lack of sleep the entire week or the entire trade show. Right. So 
I was ready for a break, but with that break that's happened, I am with you in the sense that, you know, this industry is, is large and incredible, but also somewhat small. And I miss hanging out with the friends at, you know, random hours of the night at trade shows. How about yourself? I do. I really miss, you know, those connections and just seeing everybody and seeing what everyone's doing. Um, and you're right, you know, trade shows have, you have a lot of sleepless nights, you have a lot of stress, like, I can't tell you how many IMTSs I went to where I had like full body hives. <laughs> um, so there's so much that goes into it, but just seeing, you know, everything come together in the show actually take off and seeing all of the innovations that are there in person, all these machines cutting in real time, it really can't be beat. Um, I think, you know, I'm, there will always be a place for trade shows. Maybe some of the regional ones might small fall off or we might have to focus on something different to kind of tweak those. Um, but I hope that the, the big ones where we all get together and showcase all the new things stick around and people just kind of focus how they do things. Well, if it's any foreshadowing, uh, I was at concept machine in wisconsin recently and it was one of the first open houses in person that really you know really took off and i believe near to a thousand people had signed up for the event there must have been 30 vendors as well people seemed happy and excited so you know maybe the uh, future is bright when it comes to trade shows and we'll see what happens with the smaller ones um <laughs> yeah right uh, I'd like to talk a little bit, if it's okay with you, about um, your experience at uh, EMAG, where you were for quite a while, and then um, as the Director of Marketing at Acumen Learning, maybe we can also learn a little bit about that. Yeah, totally. So I was with EMAG for 10, 10 years plus. Um, I actually started there as an intern, and then when I graduated, I moved in and started heading up the marketing department for North America. Here's another plane. So yeah, I hear it. Yes. <laughs> um, so, you know, that was a lot of work and I loved every second of it. Um, EMAG is truly a wonderful company and they put out a great product and marketing for them was a blast. Um, we got to do a little bit of everything with trade shows. Uh, we started venturing into digital and webinars and it's, it was a great opportunity. Um, I was recently offered a new position as a director of marketing for a company called Acumen Learning, uh, and we sell business and financial acumen or strategy training to, you know, big companies. So if you ever need any of that stuff, we've got you covered. <laughs> Somebody listening does, I promise you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's amazing well, the difference that it makes in an organization. It really is because it just changes the way people think. Working with EMAG, and I agree with you, working with EMAG, you said you started, it was your internship, right? What, yeah, what, was, that, what was that growth like uh, within that company? Um, so I actually started with them probably in like 2007, 2008 as an intern. So right in like the peak of the recession, right? Um, <laughs> and just watching the company grow and change from 2008 to 2020, um, the growth was incredible and watching everyone come together. They really have some of the best people I can imagine working over there. Um, I have some great friends over there still. So I started as an accounting intern, actually. 
Um, and then once, you know, the, the CEO at the time found out I was in marketing, then they kind of started testing me on some of those projects. Um, and we grew from doing, you know, the bare minimum in terms of trade shows to doing four or five trade shows a year. And it, it really took off. So it allowed me to see how things run like small organization all the way up to medium size and the changes that go into things once you start to get like a little bit bigger and more brand recognition, how your your marketing products change and how you change the way that you're presented. Yeah, that's beautiful. That's wonderful. I, I love the stories of something I'm really trying to push right now, and I'm certainly not the only one by any means, so let's not get that twisted. Um, is the good old hashtag women in manufacturing. So uh, thank you for being a part of it. Um, I, I think it's important that women are recognized because it seems to be so male dominated. And there's so many amazing women that, I, you know, I, I have this conversation somewhat often uh, with other women in manufacturing because I want to share their stories. Uh, we did one just the other day for, you know, Methods Machine out in Arizona. We got a couple coming from OptiPro over in New York. And it seems to be that for the most part, uh, it seems like a welcoming place and it ends up being a welcoming place, but it's getting in that door of being one of the few women to go, okay, I'm, I'm comfortable and confident here. How was your transition? Was it easy? Was it difficult? Did you see judgment? Was it, how did that work? No, oh, it's intimidating. Um, it's intimidating when you first walk in and you're one of, you know, two or three women in a company of 50 um, but over the years as, so when I first started with EMAG, I think I was one of four maybe. Um, and as the years went on, you know, we just kept including more and more and more females in the organization. And it was wonderful to see. In fact, um, they have an apprenticeship program over there and we had our first female apprentice was in the first class. And then since then we've seen one or two in each class. And it's incredible seeing them grow and evolve into, you know, successful mechatronic engineers. Um, so when you first walk into the world, it can be a little intimidating. I was young too. So that was, you know, I was fresh out of college. So that was something interesting too, like growing myself as a professional and then also making that, making my way as a woman in manufacturing. Um, so it was a little intimidating, but everyone was welcoming uh, everyone was very willing to help and you really learn and grow. And I would encourage all women who are maybe a little hesitant to get into the industry, just do it. Uh, there's so much to love about the manufacturing industry and there's so you can make such a huge impact. Um, I think one of the cool things about manufacturing is there's so many small shops and those small shops really are where things grow and you can make these giant impacts. Yes, very well said. Thank you for being here as well as a woman in manufacturing. And thank you for that advice because that was, that was going to be my next question. Um, you kind of nailed it all right away. Uh, it's so well done. You're a mind reader as well as a, as a scientist. Um, <laughs> so what I like to do when we're finishing up this show and kind of navigating through, everyone who listens kind of realizes that there's no script for this. We're just having fun and really just generating the awareness and authenticity of the humans that are in the industry. Um, and the reason I'm being long-winded, and I purposely get long-winded when I ask questions that may or may not be difficult, <laughs> to give you time to think about it, right? Uh, but 
overall advice you can choose. I like to end this show with a piece of advice because we all value your wisdom. Um, and you can direct that at, as you kind of did already with women coming in, you can direct it at companies who maybe need to revamp their style of marketing. It can be at anyone in the industry, or it can, you can focus on the learning account that you have now, but any advice that you would like to offer that you feel that people would find valuable as well, we would absolutely love to hear. Yeah. That, was I long-winded enough there? Did I, did I give you time? Perfect. You gave me plenty of <laughs> I have I have multiple points that I can bring up here. Um, my first one is try not to, if, if COVID has shown us anything, it's that there really are a lot of positions that you can open your horizons with and you can kind of step outside of your, your strategic location um, for those positions that you can make it work remote. Definitely open up and open the possibility to people who maybe don't live in the general area. Um, as a military spouse, you know, I'm at Edwards Air Force Base, which is kind of in the middle of nowhere. Um, it's been tough for a lot of my friends in the military spouse community. And I know a lot of other communities to find positions that are available to them. And you have this huge skill set from people who maybe just the one thing they don't have is that they're not in your physical location. So I know that, you know, there's, a, it's been tough finding skilled people um, to fill spots. So open your horizons and maybe jump into letting people work remote or hybrid um, and really allow yourself to find the best talent to fill those positions is my one, my first one. Um, my second thing is for marketing, you're not gonna see returns right away. Um, you know, but it's worth taking the dive. This is the face of your organization. Take the dive, spend the money that you need to, to get yourself positioned in a way that you feel comfortable with. And I promise long-term you'll see the growth. Well, speaking of unscripted, I love that a lot of us are working from home or have the ability, hence the lovely dog in the background and no. the, and being unscripted. What kind of dog do you have? Um, I have two Shiba Inus. They're very vocal. I can. They were singing just now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, Amanda Bacon, for your wisdom and your advice and for having the courage to jump into this industry. As you mentioned, you were young, straight out of college, um, sharing your story. You were incredible. Um, thank you. And, uh, and, I, and I think people are going to find a lot of value in listening to the words of this podcast and to the wisdom that you shared. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It was great chatting with you. Absolutely. So, guys, that's the gun show for today. This is Amanda Bacon, B-A-K-U-N, not the food or what you're going to do in the kitchen later. Uh, but I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. If you'd like to be on the show as well, just message me. It's not that difficult. Uh, I'm not going to put my email on here, but everyone seems to find me on LinkedIn anyway. So hit me up and we can have a genuine conversation and share who you are with the world. Um, continue to build each other up and continue to inspire one another. This is an incredible, incredible industry with a really amazing group of people in it. Uh, so shout out to everyone out there. And I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. Once again, Amanda Bacon, thank you so much. Thank you.